Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. So we're in the book of Acts, and we're at the end of the book of Acts. So you might think, wow, we've, we've done a whole load in the middle. Sorry, a whole load at the beginning of the book of Acts, and then we've sort of had big holes all the way through, and lots of stuff has happened. And yeah, you know, if I'd if I'd spoken on everything that I could have pulled out on this, many many weeks, many weeks. But I've just said it's a bit like I've just said. Where's God in this? What things do you want to pull out? I hope you've read through the book of Acts anyway and just let God wash through with what He's doing in His church, because His church is God's best idea. That's why Jesus died on the cross for the church. Oh, but I thought he died for the world. Yeah, to, to get the world into the church. To get the world into the church in order to build the body of Christ. I will build my church, Jesus said. And that's what he's doing because his church is that part of his creation that is spending eternity with God in glory, shining. It's going to be awesome. So we're going to the end of the book of Acts and lots has happened. There's been revival. We've had Ephesus. I would have loved to have preached on Ephesians and what happened there. And, you know, Paul was speaking in the synagogue, got kicked out of the synagogue. Two years in the school of Tyrannus, revival breaks out. All the occult stuff gets absolutely destroyed and, and broken. And the goddess um, Diana is overthrown. I mean, all sorts of amazing things happen. Absolutely brilliant. In and out of being stoned and whipped and hit with rods. I looked more into being hit with rods because I thought, you know, I don't want to exaggerate what being hit with rods. Do you remember last week? Being hit with rods. I don't want to exaggerate what happened. I under said what happens when you're beaten with rods. What they do is they start to beat you with rods and, and yeah, your ribs break because these guys are experts. Then they often hang you upside down by your ankles and then they beat your feet until your ankles break and you never walk again. So that's what happens when you get beaten with rods in the days of the Romans. So I, I under-elaborated. Can you under-elaborate? I don't know. But God broke through, which is amazing. There's so many things I would like to have gone to, and I'm not in any regret about it. It's just where is God in this? What does God want to say? And today I really believe that God wants us to see something which is quite unusual of, of how the book of Acts is sort of put together. The book of Acts is a book of the Holy Ghost under the description of Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke. He was the man who wrote the book of Acts under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it's quite, it's, it gives you an overview and so this person got saved and they went down to Samaria, they preached, everybody got healed and he moved on. That's the sort of passage you find. And they went from there to Philippi and they went from there to, you know, to all these different places, Lystra and Derby and all these places. They went here and they went there. And it spans a long period, like 60 years. It's a long time. And there's this trip and that trip and this boat trip and Paul's first mission over there. And this was like, it took months to get there. Walking and going by boat and, and, and however else and this happened and that happened. There were some betrayals. People, you know, turned against Paul and, and all sorts of things happened. But it's all big picture stuff. So here we are at Acts chapter 27. And just to give you the big picture, God had put it on Paul's heart. God had said to Paul, you're going to Rome. You're going to Rome. This is the big the big dream. This is the big picture. This is where everything is leading. All your years of revivals and hardships and celebrations and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and, and, and the scattering of the church and Antioch becoming a sending centre. I mean, all this stuff and Paul had been with this team and that team and just the most amazing things going on. But it was, all, it was all coming to this place of Paul is going to Rome because Paul wants to speak to Caesar. And it's a God thing. Everybody say it's a God thing. It's a God thing. 
There's something on your life and it's a God thing. There's a purpose to your life and it's a God thing. Now, you know, if ever we say that after some of the things I've just said, that's not for everybody to start to think, I'm going to speak to the Prime Minister. <laughs> Let's just not do that. Do you know what I mean? We go off onto some, some extreme thing. It's like, you know, we raise people up in the church and suddenly they want to lead the whole church. It's like, no, just lead something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, let's, let's see what God's saying to us. And we love the zeal and we love the, the fire and we love the expectation, but let's still know where God's positioned us. But for Paul, it was go to Rome. Speak to Caesar. So he's arrested and he's been, you know, handed over to Festus. And Festus is sort of, sort of going on, what, what's the problem with this guy? It's a bit like Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Lord Jesus. And it's like, I find, no, I find no wrong in this guy. And it's like, they're thinking, what do we do with Paul? But again, it's the religious crowd that hate him. So the religious crowd are getting stirred up with what God's doing. That always happens. And so he gets handed over to Festus and Festus is sort of saying, I don't know what to do with you. And so he puts him in prison and he's having a chat with his friend, King Agrippa. And Agrippa says, I want to talk to this guy. So Agrippa goes in and sort of talks to him that night or they bring you know, the Apostle Paul out to Agrippa and, and he nearly gets the guy saved. Agrippa says, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Almost. You see, that's our part. Our part is to do the almost. It's up to the Holy Ghost to do the bit that only God can do. But let's get people to the almost. Amen. Let's, let's do our part. We get people to the almost through, through being sensitive, through being compassionate, through being understanding, through being aware, through knowing what the Word of God says and, and you know, presenting the gospel well. We can do that just because that's who we are. Let's, let's get people to the almost. But it's up to the Holy Ghost to get people across the line. King Agrippa says, you almost get there. So there was obviously something there that was resisting the Holy Spirit. So Paul did a great job. And then King Agrippa says, because Paul had said, I appeal to Caesar. I wanna go and speak to Caesar. And the moment you say that, it's like you've said what's gonna happen. And they are, under the law, they have to honour that for this situation. So Agrippa says, if he hadn't appealed to Caesar, you'd be, you'd be set free tomorrow. You'd be free. But how many of you know it's far better to be a prisoner in the eyes of the world and be in the middle of God's, world, God's, wor God's word and God's will? I'll say all that again. It's far better to be a, pr a pr prisoner with, with the hardship of that and be in the middle of God's will than have an easy time and be outside of God's will. Amen? I think every song we sung this morning, and this is gonna come out in, my, in, in, in the sermon I'm bringing on, on the 30th of July, about God wants it all. God wants it all. In the offering, seek first. I surrender. We sang, I can't remember all the words of all the different songs, but I surrender. My passion with everything. With all I am. What was the first song? Uh, here in your house, did you praise me? As you pray, give, do what only you can do. I will worship you. And the emphasis in that first one was, God, I give you everything. I praise you with all my soul, all my strength. Passion, everything. With all I am. With my arms held high. God, that, that to me is just, it's like, here I am. Everything. And when we celebrate, it's wonderful to celebrate, but we're singing everything. And that everything means everything. It demands everything. Let's be a church of everything. Can we be an all-in church? Can we be all-in? Is that, is that okay to ask that? Can we be an all-in church? I think that's coming from the Holy Ghost. Can we be an all in church all in to loving God 
All in to loving people. All in to not my will, but your will be done. All in to God, whatever you say, that's it. Immediate, instant obedience. Yes, amen. Just an all in church. And Paul was an all in Paul. So he appealed to Caesar. If he hadn't appealed to Caesar, he would have been set free, but he wouldn't have been going to Rome. And he must go to Rome. That was at the center of who he was. Planted all these churches, took care of all these churches, but on the inside there was something burning that said, Rome. I want to speak to the center of the known world. I want to speak to the core of the empire. Paul's whole purpose was to give the gospel to Caesar. And so we see in the book of Acts all these, all these big picture, you know, the big pictures. And just three or four verses span two or three years. Five years, 10 years. Until we come to Acts chapter 27. And then we have a chapter and a little bit of incredible detail. Like you don't find anywhere else in the book of Acts. You just don't find it. It's not there. It's as if all this other stuff is all the big picture until we come to the whole point of Paul's life. And then you see all the detail. It's very easy to, you know, to see the whole of your life as just the big picture moments. I can think back about the big picture moments. Of course, there was, there was things before I came to Christ. There were some big picture moments. There were some things, obviously the night I gave my life to Christ, that was the biggest picture moment that there ever would be or ever is gonna be. There was the big picture moment for me of getting baptised in the Holy Ghost. That was just life-changing. So I'm so passionate about it today. Tongue-talking is not an option. It's not an option. It's, uh, it's, it's absolutely needed for the Christian life. The big picture moment of saying I do. And she said she did. And we both did and we both are. And we both still will be forevermore, amen. Sharon's not here today because she's away for a few days, so I don't think there's a problem. <laughs> Just saying. We're still we do and she did and we both will forever. Um, so that was a big picture moment. There was a big picture moment when... I decided to, to not do certain things and just do praise and worship at that time. There was another big picture moment when planted my first church, a big picture moment when I came out from that and a big picture moment when we planted this church. Then there were some other significant Holy Ghost big picture moments when I was down in, in, in Horsham and just got absolutely zapped by the power of God. It was a Thursday night and there was a revival three days going on and that Thursday night I came to the cross. It was just like, this is a supernatural moment. And that night, my life changed. I can't say as much as when I was saved, but to me, it seems like that. You can't get saved again. And I didn't need to be saved again. It wasn't anything like that. It was just a moment at the foot of the cross. Incredible. It's just, the, the, you know, there's times, and I'm sure you can think of big picture moments. For you, it could be a business. It could be a, a family thing. Your first house you buy. All sorts of different things. Big picture moments. But there's still something that is your purpose. In this church we talk about, we know God, we find freedom, we discover purpose in order to make a difference. And that discover your purpose, for Paul that was Rome. Everything on the way were other things that were sort of generalized. He preached here and revival broke out. We go, wow, that's enough for my life. And he says, yeah, that was on the journey to Rome. This is where I'm going. But when we get to this moment, the detail is incredible. And so today, I, I haven't got any points. We're just gonna go through the chapter. And we're gonna see what the detail is that God wants to pull out because today, I wanna be speaking on purpose in the storm. Everybody say purpose. Purpose, purpose in the storm. Let's say it again. Purpose in the storm. Now, of course, we're talking about God's purpose. Not just what I want to do. I'd love to be this. I'd love to be that. I want this. I want that. No, it's God's purpose for my life. And when you're in God's purpose, you are going to be in storms. 
You're going to be. If this was in any other part of Paul's life, it just would have said this. And he was on his way somewhere and there was a storm and there was a shipwreck. He, a, a shipwreck. He got up and moved on and preached and everyone got saved. That's what You'd have it in a verse and a half. Because this happened elsewhere. This sort of thing. And it was just incidental on the way to somewhere. But this, no, this is how Paul got to Rome. And the detail is incredible. So we're going to start with Acts chapter 27, verse 1. And it says, and when it was decided that we should sail to Italy. Isn't it interesting? The world thinks they're in charge. It was decided. Who by? Oh, some official somewhere. No, God is behind the decision. God's behind. It was decided. You see, the world can say it was decided that this happens and it was decided that that happens. But we're people of faith. We know that behind the it was decided, there is a God who has decided. Can I hear an amen this morning? There's a God who has decided. Even if other people think they're making the decisions. You see, Pontius Pilate, Herod, the Pharisees, they thought they made the decision to put Jesus on the cross. It wasn't their decision. It was the decision of Almighty God. It was his decision. And he just caused everything else to come into line with his decision and his will. And God will do that for you. That's exciting. That can put a smile on your face right now. God will think, everybody else will think they're making the decision. But it's not their decision. God's behind the decision. God's involved. We'll sail to Italy. They delivered Paul and some of the other prisoners to a man named Julius. Just saying. I feel all, I feel all relevant now. Oh, a centurion. Oh dear, no, we don't want that, do we? Of the Augustan, whatever that is, group, the regiment. So, entering a ship of Andromitium, we put to sea. Um, As people of God, we must put to sea. We must put to sea. Some people want to stay on the security of the land. But if you're going to fulfill, you've got to say, I'm going out on the waters. I'm going out on the waters. A lot of people are city people. They just want to be in the the buzz of everything. Other people are beach people. Just like the horizontal life. (laughs) Just like the horizontal life. That was that amen was too loud from the front row. You didn't hear it back there, but I heard it with every bit of faith that was on there. Amen, brother, preach on. Some people are city people, some people are beach people, and but we sing that song, I'm going out on the waters. I'm going out on the waters. The sea is a place of transition. You're going from one place to get to somewhere else. You will never transition on a beach. You never transition in a city. You've got to go out on the waters. You've got to go out into the boat. There's all sorts of analogies about that, I'm sure. When the Lord was going across the uh, Sea of Galilee and the storm came. And the storm came to kill him, without a doubt, to sink his boat. But it says there were lots of other little ships with him. What a great, what a great scripture. I've, I've, I've spoken on that so many times. When you lead, there's going to be a lot of people following. And the war comes out against you and everybody else goes through the same storm. And it's not for them and it's not their fault and it's not their, it isn't their battle. Everybody else is in the same storm because the storm wants to kill Jesus. So if there's a storm in your life, it may not be for you. It may be because of who you're hanging around with. Just a thought. They put out to sea. You got to put out to sea. This is a year of 10 times greater. It is. I mean, just, I declare that regularly. 10 times greater often when I sign off a text. 10 times G. It's just, that's just what it is. 
for me. This is a year of 10 times greater. I will say it and prophesy it as often as I can. But if it's gonna be a year of 10 times greater, there's gonna be some transitions because you can't stay in the same place and be greater. You gotta, you gotta get out on the sea. Where are you staying on the beach? Where is it in your life that you sort of know I'm anchored here? I'm anchored. No, our anchor is Christ. Our anchor is not the security of the world. It's not the security of financial whatever. It's not the security of job. It's not the security of whatever. Our security is not found in anything other than Christ himself. Upon this rock we shall stand. He is the anchor. This anchors our soul. Come to Academy, you'll find out about all about Hebrews chapter 6. What anchors your soul? Christ anchors our soul. So you've got to set out from the shore. You've got to set out onto the sea, whatever the sea's going to bring. So they set out to sea. They put out to sea. And their intention was to sail up the coast of Asia. If I had a map, I didn't want to show all that. I'll just get into it too much this morning. But you sort of go up, round, across. You come from Caesarea. You go up the coast a little bit. You hug the coast. Then you go across to Italy. You go round underneath Italy and you go up to, up to Rome. That was their intention. Have you know, you can have great intentions on the route you're going to take. Oh, it's going to go like this. It's the destination. Now, okay, if you speak to some people and they're going, you know, Sharon went to Cornwall the other day and she just drove down, six hours, wham, all the way down to the last bit. She stopped off halfway, 10 minutes and drove the whole way. Because for her, it was, that's where I'm going. Really wasn't interested in the journey. She was interested in who she was going to see. Now, there's other times when the journey is part of it. Absolutely. And there are the planners amongst us who plan your journey. You're going to find life really hard when your life's journey doesn't go according to your plan. And just because it doesn't go according to your plan doesn't mean to say you're not going to end up in your destination. Don't get too hung up on the journey. Because every step of the way, you, you know, some people think that everything in Jesus' life was planned. No, he just said, I'm going to Caesarea. That, that was it. Or I'm going here. Or I'm going there. And along the way, he just overcame anything he overcame. He, he healed anybody he needed to heal. He set free anybody he needed to set free. He didn't have a word for every single place he went to. Some of you are way too, God, Holy Spirit, control my life. He just wants to say, go and live life. And every step of the way, have your ear open to the Holy Ghost. What do you want to do here? God's not going to say to you every morning where you're supposed to be going. Just get on with life. Oh, I'm not going to move until God sends me. He's already sent you. So get up and move. Don't go the wrong direction. That's a different thing. You know when God's saying, don't do that. But if you're not saying anything, just keep walking. Just keep walking, just keep doing what you're doing and every day is a moment of opportunity. Somebody said the other day, they said, you know what, I used to pray for opportunity. I don't pray for that, that's changed my way of praying. I don't pray for opportunity anymore because every day is an opportunity. I just thought that was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Every day is an opportunity. Oh, your specific will for today. My will for today is to shine wherever I am just to be whatever God's called me to be in any moment of any day. Because if it was that specific that I've got to be there and I've got to be there and I've got to do this and I've got to do that, life would be too stressed. Seriously, just, just love life and get on. But know your destination. Know where you're going. Know your Rome. So their plan was to go all the way up the coast and across and da, 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 da. And the next day we landed in Sidon, verse three. And so Julius treated Paul kindly. Ah, oh, there you go. And gave him freedom 
to go to his friends and receive care. This guy's a prisoner. It's really clear. God favours your life. There are people that will attack you, but there will be people who favour you. Look for the favour. Look for the favour and then say, thank you, Jesus. I receive it. I receive it. I learned a long time ago. Somebody wants to be a a blessing in my life. Don't say, oh, no. Oh, no, please don't. Oh, you don't have to do that. Say, thank you. Thank you, because that's their seed. You stop their flow. you're, You're bringing poverty into their life. Amen. Amen. So he showed favor and said, go and receive care from your friends. Even Paul needed friends. Hello? Paul needed friends. Care comes from friends. So can I encourage you to be a friend to somebody? To be a friend and have the right friends around your life. Some people will bring you care in a good way care and compassion, other people will put care on your life, cares and worries. Make sure you're getting the right sort of care from the people. I know people say to me, and I know it's a lovely thing to say, take care. (laughs) On the way out of here today, I guarantee you, three, four, five people are going to say, take care. And, you know, I've learned to not be rude now. And I don't, and I don't, but honestly, every every time, no offence, I just, under my breath, I say, no, I refuse to receive care. Now, I know what they're sort of saying, but it's like, no, the cares of this world, hello? Choke the word. So no, I don't receive care in Jesus' name. But I love the care. Can you see the difference? There's different cares. You can do with that whatever you want, but I know just, just on the inside of me. Jesus says, cast your care. Not take it, cast it. Um. Okay, Paul had favour. This was a ship to Italy and the whole thing was supposed to take 23 days. And they had a plan. And it was a prison ship for them, not a cruise ship. I could spend a long time with that. Verse four, when we put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus. They just went round the top of Cyprus in between Cyprus and the mainland. Because the winds were contrary. Okay, here we go. Here we go. You're on your journey and the winds start to be contrary. What are you going to do? Turn around and go back. Oh dear, this isn't what I thought. Here comes the contrary winds. The things that are suggesting this is going to be the focus of the enemy. The focus of the enemy. The winds were contrary and we sailed over the sea, which is just off Cilicia and Pamphylia. And we came to, uh, to um, Amira, a city of Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship, which was sailing to Italy and put us on board. And when we had sailed slowly for many days. So we've now got, we've got the winds that are contrary and now we've got slow progress. God, will you hurry up? Will you hurry up? We had a Q&A the other day and, you know, what, you know, thinking back, lots of questions and we had some great Q&A going on. And one thing is you always think things are going to happen faster than they do until the suddenly moments of God. When the suddenly happens, everything's like, it's like a baby. Nine months, nothing's happening. Well, there's stuff happening, but. Okay, for all the husbands, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Husband is a male. Just saying, adult, human, male. Just saying. Look in the camera. And then all of a sudden, everything shifts. And it's like, wow, that was a suddenly moment. Yeah, suddenly coming for nine months. So this was happening slowly. Slowly. Things happen slowly, bring frustration. Discouragement, frustration, and if only, and oh, I can't wait, and this is taking too long. 
we sailed slowly for many days and arrived with difficulty. The wind was not permitting us to proceed. Start to let, this is the detail you don't find anywhere else in the book of Acts. Nowhere. So get what the Holy Ghost is saying here. There is purpose behind this. He's saying this ain't always going to be easy. Rome. You're going to get there. So the, the wind was not permitting us. So it went from a contrary wind to slow progress to the wind was now preventing. This is stopping my life here. So we came and we, and we sailed under the shelter of Crete. We passed it with difficulty. Yeah, I think this is all coming up here, isn't it? Yeah. Passed it with difficulty. So we've now got for gentle winds, then we've had contrary winds, we've had slow progress, and now we've got the wind stopping us, and now we've got something that's turning out to be difficult. Hey, I thought his yoke was easy and his burden is light. It is. But that doesn't say your circumstances are the same thing. God is, circumstances need to be overcome. Pastor Jay, I thought you were a faith preacher. Yeah, faith overcomes. This is life. If you see a church like ours, you see the highlight moments. But a lot's had to be overcome to get to where we are. Amen. You see any successful marriage. You see the highlight moments. You see the Facebook page. Oh, isn't it wonderful? We're on the beach. And then you zoom back and you find out they're on a building site and it's a sand pit. <laughs> Hello? Did you ever see the photograph of that person in the grass and it, was, and it was like wonderful and it was like safari stuff and they zoomed back and it was a grass verge next to a road. And that was a real, real post. Incredible. It says in verse nine, now when much time had been spent and the sailing was now dangerous. Wow, contrary winds, slow progress. Uh, the wind was stopping us and, it, and it's now really difficult. Now it's dangerous. Which one would you have turned around at? Which one did you turn around at? The contrary winds? Oh, I thought the wind would be blowing me on my direction. We were at a, an air show yesterday and we decided, well, I was persuaded. <laughs> I love air shows, but the night before it's like 90% chance of rain. The winds and the rain and whatever else. And we, you know, we said we were going, so we went. And I'm really glad we did because it rained for like half an hour in the middle. It was like... But the rest of the day was fantastic. But the wind was still very, very strong. At one point, you know, there's, you, you always do something stupid in a day. I don't know about you. I look at every day, it's just like, that was a stupid thing to do. Well, the wind was contrary, and I thought it would be a great idea to put up my umbrella. <laughs> great idea. I saw all these people with their umbrellas up, and they were all like this, because the wind was coming from that way. Just a little bit of rain at that point, and it was like coming from that way. And they put their umbrella over there. And I'm normally good at this stuff, all right? I am not dumb. I am normally really good at this stuff. But there was a group of us there, and I thought I'd try and protect everybody else. So it came from a heart of compassion and care <laughs> and love. And so I didn't have it like this just over me and my own selfish self. I thought, let's share this. <laughs> Boom. And this umbrella just turned inside out, upside down, round and round. And it's like everybody looked at me as though I'm stupid. And I just sort of, in absolute humility, just said, oh. <laughs> but I could have said, your fault, because I was trying to protect you. But I didn't go there. I didn't go there. All right. I didn't let anybody on. Because I wanted them all to have their moment of laughing at Pastor Jay. That's fine, we need those moments. The sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over. This is talking about a time of the year. You're getting into a time, you don't do this journey. It's not saying because they'd fasted. It's like the fast was over, that means it's the end of September. You don't do this then. This is a time of the year now. So the fast was over, sailing was dangerous, 
The fast was over and Paul advised them saying, men, I perceive this voyage will end with disaster and with much loss. I perceive, I perceive. That's a word if you, if you go into it of, I can see this as a big picture far off, this is gonna be disastrous. Doesn't mean to say he, he actually had a word from God. It just means to say, this looks like it's gonna be a total disaster. So he says that, not only of the cargo and the ship, but our lives. He included himself in that. He didn't say your lives, he said our lives. So we're all going down. Shouldn't be doing this. So he gave them an opportunity to turn around. We don't go into the sea, go onto the sea, expecting things to be difficult and dangerous. But can I say this? When it comes, you know you're in the middle of God's will. You know, because you're going to Rome. It's a bit like we're crossing over to the other side, Jesus said. And so he went to sleep on the bow of the boat. He didn't, he, he didn't care if they were the first submarine. He knew where they were going. Amen. Amen. He declares the end. This sickness will not end in death. I'm going to Rome. So Paul had this end of his faith attitude that we're going to Rome. However, he said, okay, this doesn't look good. This does not look like what I thought it would look like. Are you there right now? This doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. Your marriage doesn't look like what it would look like. Your kids don't look what you thought they'd look like. Your job doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. Your career doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. Don't worry, you're still on a journey. Look at someone say, we're still on a journey. Look at someone say, there's a big picture. Okay. However, verse 11, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. That will happen regularly. You may know from God, but the world around you are going to have an ear and they're going to believe something different. Just keep believing what you believe. We're going to believe the economy. Well, I'll tell you this, if you give, it's, more, it's far more powerful to give than receive. Don't get stingy. Oh, no, hard, hard times are coming. We're going to do what the world says. Your choice. All sorts of things. We can know from God what's the right thing to do and we want to try and influence people. But at the end of the day, they're going to do what they do. Yeah. Just know what you know. Yeah. Hope you're getting something out of this today. I'm really enjoying this message. That's why I haven't got any points. It's like, how, how am I going to make points out of this? God's word can, well, often does actually appear foolish. Appears like crazy. You believe that? Yeah. Let's see how this turns out, shall we? Let's see whose word comes to pass. Let's see what faith can do. Let's see what the power of God can do. Even when the world's saying this and the economy's saying that and the pandemic's saying this and the, the doctors are saying that and the bank managers are saying this and the, the whoever's saying this and the school's saying that, whatever. Yeah, but I know what I know. Yeah. I know what I know on the inside. And because the harbour was not suitable in winter to harbour in, you can't go and park the ship there. So the plan was going really wrong. They shouldn't be out there doing this. The majority advised to set sail from there also. The majority advised. Uh, I am not a minority thinker. Even though the church at the moment is a very small percentage of the national situation, something like 3% of people in church on a Sunday morning. 3%. We may be the 3%, but we have the Word of God. We have the name of Jesus Christ. And the majority may be saying all sorts of things. Let's not get into war with them. Let's just know what we know. And let's just keep doing what we know to do. So they set sail from there also. If by any means they could reach Phoenix. It's only just around the other side of the island. 
a harbour of Crete opening towards the southwest, and, and when the south wind blew softly, oh, things are looking better now. This is looking good. See, if you're going to be led by the wind, you're never going to sow. If you're going to be led by the world, you're never going to do what God wants you to do. When it's hard, you stop. When it says it's okay, you go. No, we're not led by circumstances. We're led, no matter what's going on around us, by the written and the spoken Word of Almighty God. And the spoken Word of God is subject to the written Word of God. Amen. Amen. Oh, softly. Oh, oh, we're over. We're over the bad bit. They had no idea what was coming. Softly. See, when you're led by circumstances, you are in a mess. You'll be led by the hardship or by the comfort. And both are deadly. The hardship is a bad leader, but so is the comfort. Oh, everything's wonderful now. I must be in the will of God. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Whew. Ever been there? My word. Softly. The wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their desire. Oh, this is wonderful. They put out to sea. They sailed close by Crete, but not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose. It says the ship was caught, could not head into the wind. We let the storm drive. You see that? When the ship was caught, there was this, there was this horrendous wind. You see, it went from softly to you can't deal with this. Wow. When you're led by your circumstances, you're going to go in and out of stuff that in the end, you just got to take your hands off. And it will drive your life. It will drive your life. And some people are still trying to hang on. God wants us to know that our big dreams are going to suffer big reaction. Big dreams will suffer big reaction. And they ran into, under the shelter of an island called um, Clauda, and we secured the skiff, that's a little boat, the escape raft. Have you ever seen so much detail in a passage? This is incredible. They secured the skiff with difficulty. When they're taking it on board, they use cables to undergird the ship and fearing lest they should run aground, they, stuck, they struck sail and just were driven. Here comes the fear. So all this stuff is going on and they come to the place fear takes over. Fear wants to control. It will want to take over. It will want to take over. Just let the enemy run it from now. Can't do anything now. Just let the enemy run this thing. Just let, just let fear drive us. Take down the sails. The sails are there to get the wind of the Holy Ghost. Take down the sails. Huge pressure against. They run under the shelter. This was really difficult. They feared. They were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day, they, flew, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us. This thing was a cyclone with a name. All hope that we would be saved, we gave up. Finally given up. We hung on and hung on and hung on and hung on. But now we've given up all hope. Hopelessness is where the enemy wants to bring your life. Hopeless, no way out. If he can get you there, your words change, your mind changes, your spirit changes, your attitude changes. Hopelessness is a deadly thing. There was no sun or stars. That may not mean much to us, but that means they had no clue where they were going. They had no idea. They had no sails. They couldn't control the rudder. They were just being driven. They didn't know if they were going backwards, forwards, sideways. They expected they were going down. Have you ever been on a sat-nav or something and you've lost because you're relying on it and you've lost connection or something? 
And it's like, I don't know where to go. Am I supposed to come off here? Have you ever said that? Am I supposed to come off here? I don't know. I can't connect. Am I supposed to come off here? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'll just keep going. Or I'll come off. And then you come into an area and think, oh, I'm on the right road. Or it's like, oh, we, I, I, should, I shouldn't have done that. You had no idea if you can't see. You had no idea if you can't hear. This is why the greatest prayer I believe in the Bible outside of a salvation prayer is Solomon prayed, Lord, give me a hearing heart. Greatest prayer in the Bible. Because Jesus said, I will build my, my church on a hearing heart. Because that's what Peter had. That's what made him rock-like. I'm gonna build my church on your ability to hear the Father. They had sun and stars. We have the Word of God. We have the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sun and stars. Have you ever been in that place? God, where are you? It's pitch black. Midnight. I mean, there's, you find all sorts of stuff in this. Midnight. God, where are you? Storm tossed. No direction. I feel sick. I feel ill. These guys hadn't eaten for weeks. 14 days. I'm drenched. I got on the wrong ship. Shouldn't be here. I told you guys. God, I thought this was you. I thought this was what I'm supposed to be doing. Some things we think are essential to life will end up being thrown overboard because they're really not important to your journey. You thought they were. They're really not important. They're really not important. They had to lighten the ship and threw out the cargo. After a long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the middle of them and said, man, you should have listened to me. <laughs> should have listened. I told you guys. We shouldn't have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and this loss. A man with a word is a man with authority. Yes. Who suddenly became the boss on the boat? Paul. Suddenly. That was it. He was just a prisoner. Now he was the boss. Because he stood up and said, I know what's going on. In the middle of the storm, make sure you're the one with the answers. Amen. Amen. Where'd you get the answers from? Yes. Word of God, in the middle of the pandemic, I couldn't believe what was coming out of some believers' mouths. Seriously. It's like, guys, you're just becoming one of the ship. Be the one that shines. Keep your word right. Keep your faith right. Don't start putting your trust in stuff. Put your trust in it is written. Amen. Amen. And now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you. Hallelujah. But we'll lose the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve. And the angel said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must. Everybody say, you must. You must. Look at someone say, you must. You see, there's a purpose for your life. And this angel came in the middle of the storm and reminded him of the purpose. Yes, yes. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted to you all of those who sail with you. That means no one's gonna die. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told to me. Have we got some faith people in the house today? I believe God, it will be just as the Word of God has said. It will be. Ah, oh, but Pastor Jay, we're gonna sink. It will be just as God said. Make sure you've got that in your life. Well, I hope you're getting something out of this today. I know I am. God turned up. You must stand. Get the you must back in your life. You must survive. You must be healed. You must have your needs met. These are musts in the Word of God. 
You must become all God has called you to be. Paul said in other places, I must preach. What are your musts in life? I'm gonna ask you because in the middle of the storm, go back to your must. Because your must will get you out the other side. Your must will get you through the hardship. Your must will get you through the, the, the pain. When you're in God's will, when you're still in the must of your life, everybody around you will benefit. No one else is gonna be lost just because of Paul's must. Isn't that awesome? Think of the influence God is calling you to be. We may be all going through the same things. He went through the same stuff as everybody else on that boat. But we going through in a very different way. Paul wasn't hopeless. Paul was hopeful. He had a visitation of an angel. We've got the written word of God, which is a more sure word of prophecy, the Bible tells us in Peter. We go through stuff in a very different way than how Paul went through it, than how the world goes through. We're the Pauls in our generation. Not all apostles or anything, but hey, this is speaking about believers. Thank you, Tyo. However, he said, we must run aground on a certain island. Be that person with confidence and faith in God, even if you know we must run aground. Now, this is where the big picture kicked in. Paul didn't know he was supposed to go to Malta. He had no idea. 14th night came, verse 27, midnight, coming near the land, they started to take soundings. The world will always take soundings. What's going on? What's going on? Led by what they see. What's going on? Where's it going? What's it doing? How much is it today? How much is a loaf of bread today? Sounding, 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 soundings. We don't need to take soundings. Not out of fear of are we, are we gonna get out of this? We need to know what's going on. But fearing they should run aground on the rocks. You need to read all, all this later. They dropped four anchors. I mean, talk about excessive. Four anchors. And then you find these guys and they pretend to put down an anchor from the bow, I think it is. And really they're untying the, the skiff. They're pretending to put down their anchor, but they're really jumping ship. Don't jump ship. Don't jump ship. I'm not talking about Citygate. I'm talking about the ship of your life, where you're going. Stay with the ship because you must get to Rome. Don't jump ship. Don't give up and go back to the beach. Back to the holiday camp. Back to the security. Don't jump ship. Stay out there with what God has called you to do and where you're going. But it didn't look like what I thought it was gonna look like. Don't jump ship but I'm not ended up where we don't even know where we are. We can't see the sun or the stars. Don't jump ship. I prefer to stay in the ship where God had said, no one's gonna die than get out of the ship and chance it on my own. Paul was the centre of attention right now. Paul starts saying, if you jump ship, you can't be saved. I do think we're in a generation where we got to stick with God. We got to stick with Him or else there ain't a chance. That may sound a bit serious and I don't want to be alarmist, but you got to stick with the Word of God or else you are going to go down. You are going to go down. If you're not standing on it is written, you're going to drown. If you're not standing on God has said, you know, I hope, sorry, did that come across as a threat? That's really not what I'm saying. It's sinking sand or solid rock. We teach it to the kids. Wise man build his house upon a rock and we ha, 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 ha. It's life and death. I'm so glad they get that at four years old. I'm so glad because that is, that's it. As the day was about to dawn, Paul implored them to take food. It's the 14th day. 
You've not eaten for 14 days, guys. Come on, eat. Not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. Verse 35, and when he said these things, they took bread, gave thanks. Verse 36, they were all encouraged. You can encourage a drowning ship. What can I do in this? You can shine. Your words are life-giving. Oh, just little old me, little insignificant me. You got words of life. You got words of faith. You got words of joy. Speak them. Don't identify with the death. Speak the life. Oh, I know how you feel. Yeah, it's all just so bad. Isn't it bad? Oh yeah, it's just really bad. Don't entertain the death of the world. Speak the life of God's Word. And in all, they were 276 persons on the ship. When they'd eaten enough, they lightened the ship, threw out all the other food. When it was day, they did not recognise the land, but they observed the bay and the beach. They got planned. They tried to run onto it. They let go of the anchors. They left them in the sea. They lost the, the ropes that had tried to hold the rudder, hoisted the mainsail, and they ran the ship aground. The prow stuck fast. The back was being violently beaten up. The soldiers' plan was to kill all the prisoners, verse 42, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion wanting to save Paul... Julius is the star of the show here. (laughs) Wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose of killing them. Commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first, get to the land and the rest. And they all escaped safely to the land. You are gonna come out safe and sound. You are coming out into safety. You're coming out into a large place. You're coming out into your healing. You're coming out into your provision. You're coming out into the into that 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 curse broken off of your life. You're coming out in Jesus' name safely, no matter what the last 14 days have looked like, no matter what the storms or the soft or the dangerous or the difficult, no matter what it looks like, you are coming out into safety in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. When they'd escaped, they found that they were on an island called Malta. Anybody been to Malta? I've been to Malta. We got a church in Malta. They found they were on this island. The people of the island showed kindness. The fire to make us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. Don't complain about Malta. I thought I was going to be in Rome. Just, just shine where you are. There's favour for where you are. Interesting, Paul began to gather a bundle of sticks. Isn't it interesting? He never outgrew the need to serve. Oh, it's deep. He could have said, I'm boss man now. I'm boss now. All you guys are alive. Build me a fire. But he didn't. He went out and gathered the sticks. He went out and gathered the sticks. Put them on the fire. We know what happens laid them on the fire. A viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Can I just say, snakes come out when things hot up. Snakes come out when things hot up, when the heat starts. Snakes come out. Snakes come out. After all I've been through, God, I'm the only one with any faith, Paul, Told them we shouldn't be here. Told them to not, they didn't listen to me. They listened to the helmsman. What does he know? He doesn't know God. They all wanted to throw everybody overboard and escape and whatever else. And it's like, no, stay with the ship. You'll be saved. You owe me your life. (laughs) I mean, he really could have been the victim here. The pity party guy. After all I've been through and I'm still serving and now a snake. Really? And this thing comes out and fastens himself to his arm. There he is standing with a snake hanging off his arm. A viper, venomous snake. Kill you that quick. Very short space of time. And look what these guys, you know, just, oh, there's so much I could bring in here. I might even bring this as another message. Satan can't kill you from the outside. He'll kill you from the inside. 
You'll put poison on the inside. You'll put venom on the inside. And if you give that any room, you're a goner. Roots of unforgiveness, bitterness, all the internal stuff. That's the venom. Right in the middle of the time you should be celebrating, something goes and grabs you. Puts venom on the inside, attitudes, unforgivenesses. Isn't it amazing cancel culture was in the New Testament? When they saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said, this man, no doubt, he's a murderer. What? Where'd that come from? People love to judge before they know anything. Hello? I've been through that. I've got a snake hanging off my arm and now they're thinking I'm a murderer. Really? God? (laughs) But I love this. He shook the... He shook off the creature into the fire. The very fire that brought him out is going to be the fire that destroys him. Amen. Amen. Take that as a word for your life. The very fire that that caused the snake to come out is going to be the very fire that brings you into the victory. Uh, I had this there, shake the snake, but let's just, uh, amazing. Get rid of the thing. Shake it off. However, they were all expecting he'd swell up and fall down dead after they'd looked for a long time, saw no harm. They said, oh, they changed his mind. He's not a murderer. He's a God. He's a God. I mean, these guys are nuts. In the region, there was an estate. They go to this guy's house. They heal him. Everybody else comes and gets healed. Revival breaks out. All of that happened. God had a bigger picture. He wanted Malta saved. All of that, yeah, was to keep him getting to Rome. But God said, I'll use this. I'll have you stop off for three months at Malta. And they left that place loaded up. New ship, new supplies, refreshed, honoured. Isn't God wonderful? Isn't He wonderful? I don't know what stage of the journey you're in right now. Perhaps the winter contrary. Perhaps it's starting to be difficult. Perhaps the tempest has started to come up and you can name it. It's got a name. Perhaps the name is cancer. Perhaps the name is debt. Perhaps the name is divorce. Whatever name it is, starts coming up. Then the wind is preventing and stopping and then you get destroyed and then you get a snake on your hand. I don't know where you are in the journey, but be of good cheer, church. God is going to honour your life. He's going to favour you. He's going to bring you out into a large place and you will go to Rome. New ship, God will still fulfil your purpose and bring it to completion. Amen. What an amazing passage. Let's all stand to our feet. What an amazing, amazing passage of Scripture. What incredible detail. Read it again later. Father, we thank you, God, for your amazing, amazing word to encourage each and every person here online, here in in person here, that we must go to Rome. So we will. Thank you, God, that everything works together for our good. When we're praying, hearing your voice, keeping in step with you, Holy Spirit, we believe it and we receive it in Jesus' name. Look at someone say, you must go to Rome. Look at someone else say, I must go to Rome. Look at someone else say, I will go to Rome. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we give God some praise today? Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm very aware we have got people here that need to say yes to Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's all pray this prayer together. 
Come on, respond in your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Sending Jesus to die for me. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. I give you my life. I will live for you in Jesus' name. Amen.